Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Is there nothing sacred any longer? Apparently not. A Michigan family, an Amish Michigan family, had their horse and buggy stolen outside of a Walmart. I know what you're thinking. Wait, the Amish shop at Walmart? Yes, everyone, everyone shops at Walmart these days. So in Sturgis, Michigan, which is right here uh, on the hand, uh, uh, reportedly this family uh, had their horse and buggy hitched up. I don't know that Walmart offers a hitch station at this particular store. Maybe it was just parked there. But a uh, trucker uh, parked at the lot said, uh, hey, someone is taking the old horse and buggy. It doesn't look like the Amish family. (laughs) And so they reported it and called the police. Okay, so the police showed up and uh, they started looking for it. Now, I didn't know Sturgis was this large of a town, but it took them a number of hours to find the horse and buggy. They finally did, parked outside of a, a motel, and they arrested the female, that stole the horse and buggy. Apparently they had a run-in with her earlier in the day or more than one run-in earlier in the day. We don't know why, but they have arrested the 31-year-old suspect and she's been charged with larceny and larceny of livestock pending the arraignment. Uh, Good news for the Amish family, the horse and buggy was returned. So I guess they hurried on home. I don't know if the ice cream melted I don't know what their what purchases they used, uh, but they uh, they got their horse and buggy back. I love the story. At the end, it says the Amish are an ethno-religious group known for their plain, old-fashioned clothing and for foregoing most contemporary technology. Uh, thank you. Times are tough, though. Times are tough. Nothing is sacred. Not even the Amish horse and buggy is safe in America. Man, we live in incredible times. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. We do have some breaking news today here on Chewing the Fat. For those of you listening live, today is the 29th of January, 2024. Uh, Breaking news and sad news. Oh, well, and happy news. All wrapped up into one little story. Uh, Bernard Arnault. And his family is now the richest uh, in the world. I know. uh, Elon Musk is no longer number one. Very, very sad news. I don't know if we're going to have to start a GoFundMe for Elon or not. Uh, The Arnault family uh, and Bernard Arnault, uh, the LVMH CEO, is now worth $207.8 billion after a $23.6 billion increase uh, recently, and passing Musk's $204.5 billion. I know. Elon lost $18 billion recently. So, he's number two. And I know in a lot of people's eyes, he is <laughs> number two these days. But he is literally number two, at least in the richest man on the planet list. Very sad. Very sad. And as long as we're talking about uh, money, I might as well let you know that no one hit the Mega Millions or the Powerball jackpot. So we have the Mega Millions, which is going to be drawn tomorrow 
the Tuesday, the 30th of January, worth 311 million jackpot, 147.0 cash payout. Uh, the Powerball, no one hit. That drawing is tonight, the 29th, Monday, uh, 174 million, 83.9 million cash payout. So good luck to those of you that are playing in the lotto. And if you win, you may feel like you're the richest man or family in the world, but you're not. <laughs> you are not even close. But $147 million in the bank account would be pretty sweet. So so would even the $83.9 million be pretty sweet in the bank account. But it does not put you on the list with Mr. Arnault and Mr. Musk. I don't understand how people think sometimes. I know that comes as a surprise, but I just don't. I don't understand. These uh, so-called activists that... Uh, let's, let's not talk about the ones who are blocking roadways. I seriously don't understand how they think blocking roadways uh, is going to get people on their side. I truly don't. But then we have the activists in Europe who are throwing soup on works of art. And it's not really on works of art since the works of art are behind bulletproof glass. So they're just throwing soup on a bulletproof glass covering the work of art. So this group, uh, Riposte Alimentaire, or Food Response, uh, posted their video. They threw soup on the Mona Lisa. And uh, the women, uh, who the group identified as Sasha, 24, and Marie-Juliet, 63, crossed a protective uh, wooden railing and went on the other side and started throwing soup onto the Mona Lisa or the bulletproof glass over the Mona Lisa. And uh, they call themselves the integration of food into the general social security system. Okay. Uh, in France, one in three people skip meals due to the lack of means. Perhaps you could have fed them the soup you threw on the wall. That's just a thought. I don't know. At the same time, 20% of the food produced is thrown away. You bastards. Yeah, with you throwing food onto the wall uh, over some painting. Some painting that's covered up. So their model stigmatizes the most precarious and does not respect our fundamental right for food. Members of the museum staff, uh, you see him on video rushing to hide the painting behind protective panels. I, you know, whatever. They, they're trying to cover it up. The French agriculture and food industry has become more profitable, and those excessive profits are estimated to be responsible for two-thirds of inflation. You bastards. The statement also said European free trade treaties created unfair conditions for French growers versus foreign products that do not meet minimum ecological and social standards. Agriculture is responsible for 21% of national greenhouse gas emissions and contributes greatly to the deterioration of our biodiversity and the impoverishment of soils due to the massive use of inputs. <laughs> okay, well, you throwing soup over the bulletproof glass of the Mona Lisa has convinced me. You know what? I am against it all. <laughs> I'm mostly against you and what you're doing. But sure, hey, let's go ahead and talk about food security, shall we? Let's say you're walking through the Louvre and you're there to see the Mona Lisa. And these two women show up and throw soup on the Mona Lisa. 
why was the museum uh, covered up? Let's take pictures of it. Let's see it. Let's see how beautiful the Mona Lisa is with your two jars of soup thrown over it. It's just ridiculous. And the people blocking roadways uh, to airports and to anything is just insane to me. You're you're making hardworking people suffer to try to win them to your cause. I just uh, seriously, I don't understand how people think. But again, it's just me, I guess. So how's the old winter weather treating your skin? Huh? I know how it's been treating mine uh, over the years, and it is not good. Most people who buy soap from the store don't realize what it's doing to your skin. Store-bought soap will get you clean. But while it's doing that, it also is drying out your skin. And then, of course, you have to keep buying products like lotions, stuff made by the same company. Huh. Funny how that works. That's why you need my man Quinn Pittman's Goat Soap. It's real soap, old school, hand-poured, made from scratch. It means that it cleans while moisturizing in a way that most commercial bars simply don't. Raw goat milk makes Quinn's soap special. Creamy and soft with a rich sudsy lather. All the essential proteins and nutrients are preserved in the goat milk soap. And it's delivered in a finished bar of real soap. You can go to qpgoatsoap.com, use the offer code Jeffy for 10% off your total order, qpgoatsoap.com. You know what? Um, If you want your skin to be clean, but also want it to retain its moisture, you need the goat soap and you'll want Quinn's goat soap. Quinn and his family, very proud of their product and they want you to know about it, which is why I'm telling you about it. And I love Quinn. He is uh, the goat king no question but the reason he's goat king is because of the great products he makes you can find out exactly all those products by going to qpgoatsoap.com qpgoatsoap.com now they create shampoo bars you're never going to go back to the bottles of shampoo once you try that and they have you know special favorites like the lavender soap the love spell soap the lemongrass soap you know valentine's day is just around the corner might be nice to give yourself a little love spell qp goat soap i know i know that's what you're welcome qpgoatsoap.com qpgoatsoap.com don't forget to use that offer code jeffy to get you 10 percent off your total order qpgoatsoap.com you know what? Email me, chewingthefatattheblaze.com, and let me know uh, how things work out uh, after you try Quinn's Goat Soap. Love to hear from you. QPGoatSoap.com uh, for your uh, goat soap. And then let me know at uh, chewingthefatattheblaze.com. You can follow me on uh, social media as well, at JeffyJFR on X, uh, Jeff Fisher Radio on Facebook and Instagram, uh, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher on YouTube, you can order a Cameo from me at any time at JeffyJFR on Cameo. That's not free, but, uh, you know, you just tell Cameo what you want from me. Happy, glad, sad, mad, mean, or mean. and uh, Yeah, mean or mean, depending on what kind of mean you want. Uh, at uh, JeffyJFR on Cameo. And then uh, I do it. That's right. Just like your trained little monkey. 
I do it. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cool to drink desperately. I do see all your emails, too. Those of you that email ChewingTheFat at TheBlaze.com, I may not respond to them all, but I do see them, and thank you for sending them. I really appreciate it. Like this one from Ted, who said, uh, Jeffy, surprised to hear you were a kicker in your younger days. Me, too. I was a kicker in high school, freshman through senior. We were... uh, Were you a straight-on kicker like me or soccer style? I had a square-toed shoe that I had come to the sidelines to exchange every time after a kick. Boy, you were first class. I played on offense, defense, and special teams. It was always a scramble to change the shoes. Coach wouldn't let me kick extra points or field goals, so it must not have been that big a challenge. I mean, you just had to change shoes for kickoffs. He said percentages were better to go for two every time. Practicing I could make them from about 40 yards at least. Okay, so a kicking story. Yes, I kicked in high school. I kicked in junior high and in high school. Uh, the story that I told was that I had missed an extra point when uh, this was in junior high school and I came off. I was one of the few kids uh, that year that had a brand new helmet uh, on the team and I came off to the sidelines and I threw my helmet down and that's when my head coach told me to put that helmet back on it's worth more than you are that's uh, uplifting uh, for a student athlete <laughs> anytime anytime a coach tells you that the helmet is worth more than you man do you want to continue playing for him there's no doubt about that I was a straight on kicker uh, I did not have a square toe uh, which is probably why I missed the extra point actually but I kicked all through high school and uh, I did miss very many. Uh, we never kicked field goals. I mean, in those days, uh, you know, just like your coach who believed that we're going for two. We don't kick extra points. And uh, so, um, you know, we played in the day. We're, we score touchdowns. We don't we kick field goals. We score touchdowns. And uh, so it was part of that. So I kicked off and kicked, you know, the extra points. I don't remember ever uh, kicking a field goal, actually. That's that's interesting now that I think about it. I don't remember ever kicking a field goal. I taught my son, who was a great kicker. He played soccer. I made him play soccer for years until he finally said, Dad, can I play football, American football? And so, you know, that's when he started playing. And, you know, he was, you know, awesome in all the athletics that he tried. And uh, some, you know, people are just like that. <laughs> Uh, that's why I went into the NFL. Big surprise. Anyway, uh, I wanted him to be a kicker in college. I, he was uh, he kicked in soccer. He had a great leg. So I taught him to kick field goals. And he had a great leg. And uh, I wanted him to be the lineman who kicks field goals and extra points in college. You know how much... You know how much press you would get as the lineman in college who was the kicker as well? It would have been huge. But uh, as a, an lineman, as a 6'5", you know, 320-pound lineman, 310-pound lineman, I'm not being a kicker. I'm not a kicker in college. I'm not no kicker. Should have been. Should have been. It would have been, uh, would have been a great story, and he would have been all over ESPN. But, you know, hey, what do I know? Nothing is what I know. Nothing. <laughs> Uh, speaking of football we had the big games on the weekend yes i know the chiefs beat the ravens and the 49ers beat the lions so we've got the super bowl in vegas coming up on sunday february 11th 
uh, as uh, the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the San Francisco 49ers. I was hoping, I thought there for a minute, we were going to have the Detroit Lions and the Kansas City Chiefs. We'd have the Eminem, Taylor Swift, Super Bowl in Vegas. But no, doesn't it is not that way. I don't. I cannot believe if you. I cannot. I can't believe. Just as a, a side note, I I cannot believe the Detroit Lions lost that game to the San Francisco 49ers. But they did. So congratulations to both teams, the Chiefs and the 49ers. I mean, Baltimore, their offense just disappeared, and Kansas City has you know been there a thousand times before. I'm sorry, it's making their fourth trip. Uh, to the title game after beating the Ravens. So congratulations to them. And uh, looking forward to the Super Bowl football season is now, you know, really done. Just amazing. I don't even know if Taylor's going to be there for the Super Bowl uh, because she has to play her concert in Tokyo. And so if she goes, it'll she'll just make it. And maybe we can just put a tracker on her and we can find out where she's at at all times so that she can be from Tokyo to Vegas and get there in time for the game because we don't want her missing the game. Maybe, maybe, maybe the NFL can just set up a screen and she can watch the game with her fans in Tokyo and do a concert and they can do the Super Bowl right there in Tokyo and bring all the fans and Taylor can be there for her boyfriend Travis and it'll just be great, won't it? Yes, it will be. (laughs) That's going to be agonizing. But that's what it is. That's what it is. Plus they had in the... uh, in the Chiefs Ravens game, they had something that I had not seen before, and I and I and I come then as I'm reading about it, I remember that we had seen it before. So the Chiefs Ravens game delayed uh, because there was a drone hovering over uh, M&T Bank Stadium, and so they just paused it for an administrative timeout. Which I mean, I, I hadn't heard them call it that before. That's one of the things I hadn't heard is uh, administrative timeout. And so they went and I guess they shot down the drone (laughs) and they found the drone operator and they shot him as well. No, they found the drone and they shut it down. Now, uh, it didn't belong to CBS. They never said that if they found the person who was flying the drone or not, there's punishment for flying a drone too close to a football game. Uh, You know, the FAA, I guess you can be fined and... uh, um, let's see. The FAA has laws in place to prohibit the flying of drones over stadiums. Drones are not allowed to fly in or and around stadiums that seat 30,000 people one hour before and until one hour after any of the following sporting events. MLB, NFL, NCAA, NASCAR races. The FAA have even had some sketchy slogans to help fans remember. It's game race day. Put your drone away. (sighs) Ooh, thank you. Be a good sport. Leave your drone at home. Okay. Now, I did not know this. Uh, There were more than 1,400 drone-related incursions just a couple of years ago. For the NFL. I don't know if it's gone up or if it's gone down, but this is from 2021. They claim that it can result in criminal prosecution, civil penalties up to $37,377 per event. So if you're flying a drone, don't get caught. (laughs) 
do not get caught. But I, it also happened uh, at a Thursday night game uh, on Amazon where they shut it down. They took a break to get the, the drone out. I remember seeing that footage now. So it's just people flying drones and filming. And on top of which, the NFL is not letting you film stuff that doesn't belong to them. So let alone what the FAA have laws against. I mean, the NFL, they will shoot it down. You're, you're filming a National Football League event without the okay of them? Yeah, we are bringing that drone down, my friend. So do we still have no idea why the bodies of Ricky Johnson, Clayton McGinney, and David Harrington were discovered frozen in the backyard of their friend's house in Kansas City after a football game? Uh, I guess not. Uh, You know, we still claiming that uh, the client uh, had no idea the men were outside. They were, he was only made aware of the bodies after the police showed up, after a family member, you know, actually broke into his home. Uh, looking for them and found a body on the back porch the apparent of uh, one of the men he can't believe it uh he doesn't uh he doesn't think that it's as simple as these guys uh, were doing drugs and died in the backyard freezing to death uh, i'm aware said the dad uh, that they may have done some substances that were questionable but the idea was to get high not dead If they were supposed to be friends, why didn't Willis, that's the man's home, come to find them? I'm sure they have a hundred different answers to that, but, you know, I'm not sure that uh, that answers my question. Uh, Her son smoked cigarettes, drank beers, one mother said, uh, but she doesn't believe he overdosed and that uh, we're going to find out uh, something happened. So he believes, and so does this mother, that they saw something they weren't supposed to see. And then they were frozen to death in the backyard. The guy, Willis, said he slept for, you know, almost 48 hours after they left. Oh, okay. Uh, Okay. I know that those two parents, anyway, of uh, two of the three, believe that uh, Willis had uh, an active role in their son's death. So we're awaiting the investigation. As of right now, the Kansas City police say that Willis, the homeowner, is not suspected of any wrongdoing and is not facing criminal charges. So we'll see how long that lasts. Another case that's uh, ongoing is the the Alec Baldwin. Sorry, those are still the rules. Whenever I mention his full name, (laughs) the gunshot has to be fired if i just mention his first name then you'll hear the gun cocking sound that's those are the rules of the show all right so i mean i don't make them those are the rules of the show well actually i do make them but they're still the rules of the show so apparently uh, i thought it was all good and uh, you know we were all happy helena hutchins uh you know family and uh, husband and they were all happy about it eh, the attorney for the family of cinematographer Helena Hutchins said that uh, SAG-AFTRA's defense of Alec amid these new potential charges flies in the face of common sense and law. So, I mean, we've got the 
you know, he was indicted uh, again earlier this month after a grand jury presented with new investigations. So, you know, they, they charged him before, they took him down, now they've charged him again. So we'll see. And they're calling this evidence, uh, this new evidence, uh, you know, they're calling the evidence new. But uh, really, they the parts of the gun, they put new parts in. I don't see how they can, how they can do this to uh, Alec Baldwin. But, you know, I, I, I hate to be on his side, but I am on this, on his side for this, for sure. Strange things are happening in courts all over the world, uh, all over this country, for sure. Donald Trump, uh, you know, was just told that he owed, what's her face, $83 million. <laughs> what a joke. You know, I was thinking this weekend that I remember a time I was in New York and donald trump pushed me into a dressing room uh, of a macy's and i know what you're thinking donald trump was never in a macy's well uh i remember that he was and he did unspeakable things to me and so the only thing that would solve that is for him to give me 83 million dollars i may settle out of court for you know 10 million but right now 83 million that's it (laughs) Uh, just uh unbelievable that whole story is just incredible so who died today who died today well tennessee news anchor amanda hansen dies at the age of 38 they are devastated they announced the loss of their colleague amanda was a beloved journalist memphian colleague friend part of the action news five team and was the driving force behind the action news five digital desk she had a medical emergency and died from complications no further details were available i don't know why you're looking at me like that because i know what you're thinking and it isn't that otherwise they would have said it what they said was she suffered from a medical emergency and that she died from complications from that medical emergency that's what they said they didn't say that so you can stop looking at me like that then we have adult film actress and her boyfriend Every story mentions Jesse Jane, actress who appeared in Entourage and Bad Girls, uh, including her work in adult film industry, has died at the age of 43. Oh, yeah, and her boyfriend was there, too, this Brett Hassenmuller. Wait, what? Yeah, he was there, too. We don't know who he is. We don't know how old he was. We just found it. He was there, too. Oh, uh, oh okay. So uh, the Oklahoma local reporting actually does mention Brett Hassan Mueller, 33, who passed away as well. There was a welfare check requested by Hassan Mueller's employer who said, hey, we haven't heard from him in a few days. Maybe you could drive over there and check it out. And so they did, and they were both dead, appeared to have died from an overdose. Very sad. Uh, we'll find out uh, once the medical examiner uh, does their medical examining but uh the police do not uh do not believe foul play or that was involved because uh, they believe that it was a drug overdose very sad but uh, jesse jane the former porn star and uh, you know her boyfriend brett was there as well dead uh jesse jane dead at the age of 43 and brett hassenmuller 
uh, dead at the age of 33. And can we stop making Hugh Hefner out to be this bad guy? (laughs) I mean, Hugh is an American icon. Am I right? So apparently Crystal Hefner uh, has written a memoir, and uh, her memoir, Only Say Good Things, The Surviving Playboy and Finding Myself, out uh, it's out now, uh, as a matter of fact. I may have to look for a copy. Uh, maybe I may have to interview Crystal because I don't want a bad mouth, uh, Hugh. All right, Hugh was uh, an American icon. But uh, she's revealed in her memoir that she found little spy holes at the foot of her husband's bed. Evidence that he was taping his sexual escapades. Yeah. Did you think he wasn't? Did we think that Hugh Hefner was just going through all these Playboy models and not filming it? I think not. And she asked about it, and he said, I used to do a lot of filming. I had hours of video, hundreds of sexy tapes. And she started, it's my bedroom, my house. Yeah, no kidding. He told her, now this is her speaking uh, secondhand now. He told her that he had A-list celebrities on tape, as well as videos of wild orgies, also with celebrities and politicians and business leaders, some of whom were married. Uh, I think uh, cameras were out of commission by the time I got there, but these carved wood panels and one of the panels on the right had a circular cutout. Oh, yeah, no problem. Can we get a hold of those VHS tapes? Because... I know you don't want to look, but I will on your behalf. So the word police are at it again, and they're at it at the zoo. Now, as you know, no one supports zoos more than myself or this show chewing the fat i you know i love zoos but uh, there's a zoo in lincolnshire wildlife park in the uk that uh, a couple years ago had parrots donated to them parrots billy eric tyson jade and elsie i don't know who donated them and i feel like they came from separate owners but they are cursing up a storm and they had separated them from all the other parrots so the other parrots wouldn't start cursing with them (laughs) and i guess they had a separate section for billy eric tyson jade and elsie where you could go and you know go in and say hey how's it going and they would tell you to f off and that would be hilarious and what a great fundraiser for the zoo well the word police are back at it again apparently they had a couple of new cuss happy birds uh, Eric, Captain, and Sheila, along the along with the original five miscreants, and uh, so they've decided that they don't like the foul-mouthed African gray parrots any longer. So they've decided to rehabilitate them. Now, what they're going to do is they're going to put the cussing parrots in with the ninety-two non-swearing ones. I want the ninety-two to start swearing so bad i want the entire parrot sanctuary with nothing but fus and i want the and then the then 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 the lincolnshire wildlife park can say well we should have just kept them separate now that having been said if it doesn't work or it doesn't work the way they want it to 
uh, you know, they want the, obviously the ape parrots would learn to make nice noises like microwaves and vehicles reversing like the other nice parrots. But uh, if the 92 start <laughs> swearing up a storm, they're going to have to turn it into an adult aviary. I mean, it's going to be awesome. You're going to have to be just, you're going to have to be adults. You're going to have to go in and you're going to have 92 parrots telling you to F off. Come on, man. That is a fundraiser. You are too. You're charging some money to get into that. And that's also uh, a great way to have your own YouTube channel. The parrots, uh, the adult aviary section of the, the swearing parrots on the YouTube channel. I mean, live streams. It's a great way to go. So let's hope that the experiment of the wildlife park works the opposite way that they want it to because that my friends would be awesome now these african grays i will say you know they are really smart and they you know they talk and i've been around them my uh, my first mother-in-law had one named pete and uh you know he would sing uh, he would sing way down upon the swanee river and he would know people's names and he was, he was a pretty good bird uh, if, if he knew you and you could be around him, you could take him out of the cage. He had this, you know, giant cage. My oldest son, Elvis, uh, that bird loved him. Elvis could pick up that bird and throw it across the room and it would, Elvis, Elvis, Elvis. I mean, that bird, Pete loved Elvis. When he was a little baby, he used to play in a, a little crib prison area next to the bird when he stayed there at his grandma's house. And that bird loved that kid. Now, I don't know that it would take quite a lot for Pete to learn uh, these, these cussing words because we tried and it didn't really work. Now, maybe, maybe Pete was, you know, a little slow. Maybe Pete was just didn't care. Say, now, nah, you know what? I speak what I want to speak and uh, you can just leave me alone. Maybe that's the case. But I want these parents <laughs> so bad. I want the 92 to just become cussing parrots at this wildlife park so bad so just make it happen make it so do you remember the movie the help it's from 2011 now i do not remember this movie it was a huge movie it made all kinds of money won all kinds of awards i mean there was full of stars in this movie just you know it's a tremendous sissy spacek emma stone octavia spencer a bryce dallas howard viola davis jessica chantain chant i mean they were all in it all these stars are in it and it was just it, i never saw it from 2011 i didn't remember this movie so i watched it this weekend with my wife and it's a period drama it's written and directed uh, uh features the you know the huge cast it's based in uh 1963 in jackson mississippi and it's uh you know it's about this this girl who wants to become a legitimate journalist so skeeter who decides to write a book from the point of view of the maids in jackson mississippi and exposing the racism they face as they work for white families and black domestic workers in the 60s in america were referred to as the help hence the title of the journalist expose and the novel uh, and the film uh, the help brings to light the challenges and discrimination that african-american people faced okay so i got it now i watched i watched this movie and uh it's you know based around the civil rights movement they they lock in some events that happened in real life but uh it's as far as i know it's not a real thing 
All right. It's just a made up story. All right. And I will say this. Uh, I saw that, uh, you know, they all won awards and it's all wonderful. And now the cast has, you know, over the years have, you know, spoken out against the film. Oh, really? Yeah. You have to, you earned all your money and you made a couple hundred million dollars and uh, for your $25 million budget, and you've all made a bunch of money and got your awards. And so, you know, it was up on Netflix, I guess. I don't know. I saw it on one of the streaming, uh, one of the streaming channels. I don't know if it was Netflix or, or prime, but uh, now it just says that, uh, you know, it's outdated and the movie is so out of touch uh, with that in the wake of the George Floyd protest. Okay, it's, it's a movie about the help. I got it. I watched the whole thing. And uh, the way, look, the way they were treated, they, the help, were treated, which were predominantly black maids in this city covered a lot of ground and uh, much of what they talked about and what happened you can see it actually happening right however throughout the whole thing by the end of the movie and i enjoyed it it was fine i love all the actors and actresses in the movie they did a great job and it's no wonder that they won all the awards that they did and earned a lot of money for whatever reason in 2011 i did not see this movie that was uh that was a busy time in my life between 2009, 10, and 11, those were, those were busy years uh, between Florida and New York and Pennsylvania. Anyway, so I never saw this movie. However, I will say, at the end of this movie, what I got out of it, <laughs> and apparently that's not what I was supposed to get out of it because my wife was very unhappy with me. But what I got out of it was that I wanted a maid. I didn't say I wanted an African-American maid. I don't care what skin color the maid is, but it made me want a maid. And apparently, that was not what the movie was supposed to make me feel. Which <laughs> well, leads me to the joke of the day. I'll just get this over with and we'll get out of here today. Uh, thanks for listening to Chewing the Fat. Here's the uh, joke of the day. That story uh, leading into the joke of the day is the same kind of thing. Um, my wife asked me which of her friends I would like to have a threesome with. Apparently, I'm not supposed to pick two of them. Think about it. Oh, and yes, today is my birthday. Thank you for all the birthday, uh, birthday shout outs on my social media accounts. I appreciate it very much. Another, another time around the sun. It's just, uh... They, they don't stop, just so you know. They don't stop. So whenever at one point in your life you think to yourself, yeah, yeah, it's just another year. Yes, it is. Yes, it is just another year. Anyway, thank you for all the birthday uh, shout-outs. I appreciate it very much, and thank you for listening to Chewing the Fat. <laughs> Subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.